0: Today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in
1: Faith It took great faith to leave everything and to follow God, but it would take even greater faith to stay. Some people, they respond to the gospel call, and they come and receive Christ but when they are in the land, all of a sudden they experience the famine, the Canaanite. It takes greater faith at times to stay than it does to leave.
0: Reaching up high, with arms open wide, we see. You're changing our Abraham faithfully left his home to seek out the land God promised him. But in the desert, when famine came, he disobediently went to Egypt. Pastor Ed tells us that Abraham is known for his great faithfulness. Yet in this instance, faithlessness led him into big troubles in Egypt. When we stop walking in faith, we will function off of man's logic. In doing so, sin will inevitably take over in our lives. No matter the trials, know God has you, and that to walk away from him invites only bigger problems. Now here's Pastor Ed with today's message when faith goes south.
1: Now there was a famine in the land, and Abram went down to Egypt to live there for a while because the famine was severe. He was about to enter Egypt. He said to his wife, Sarai, I know what a beautiful woman you are. When the Egyptians see you, they will say, this is his wife. Then they will kill me, but will let you live. Say you are my sister, so that I will be treated well for your sake, and my life will be spared because of you. Now... I don't think Abraham would have won husband of the year on that ploy. This is Abraham at perhaps his worst. But what happened to him? You know, we've been studying his life. Uh, Abraham, he responds to the call of God, leaves his homeland Leaves his family, leaves the security of all that's familiar to him, and ventures out in faith. He actually hears the call of God, and he doesn't know where he's going, but he just goes because he believes God. He faces an imposing Canaanite, a giant, as it were, in the land. It's a test of his faith. And what does he do? He builds an altar and he meets with God. Abraham, he's a man of faith. Well, what happened here? In this picture, you see him say things you never thought he would have said. You see him go places he shouldn't be going And you see him doing things that he shouldn't do. In fact, a pagan has to reprove the man of God. The man of the world reproves the man of God. Hmm. It's not a pretty picture. Look very carefully at the picture, though. There's a caption on the bottom. Read it. It says, when faith goes south. That's the title of the message this morning. When faith goes south. What we have in common with Abraham is that we are children of Abraham in the sense that we believe, we've accepted the revelation of God that Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world, the Messiah. But faith in Abraham had a lapse. When his faith faltered, he failed. When he walked by sight, he was not a pretty sight at all. When our faith falters, we will falter. When our faith falters, we will falter. That's the message of this picture, of this scene. I want you to notice that when your faith begins to falter, you begin to face trials in a certain way. You begin to face trials in your own strength. On the journey of faith, we all meet difficulties. It's built into the path. That's part of life. Difficulties that will just come upon you in an uncertain way, in an uncertain time, and all of a sudden, you'll say, what's happening? But every trial is like a coin. It has two sides to it. The one side is a picture of doing it your way. The other side is a picture of doing it God's way. Either you'll handle it your way or you'll handle it God's way. And how you handle it determines what that trial will mean in your life. Either it will build you or it will block you. Either it will make you or it will break you. See, faith in Abraham was what made him what he was. His faith and trust in God. Take that faith away and you don't have a pretty sight. Abraham, don't you remember how you got to the place of blessing? Don't you remember how you got to the land of promise? Abraham, how did you get there? Faith, why does he leave his faith behind and walk as though he never had it? What happened in Abram's life that suddenly he picked up the wisdom of the day? Well, you know, you've heard it. God helps those who help them. Hmm, that's not in the Bible. Isaiah, centuries later, gave us this word. In the seventh chapter, the ninth verse, if you do not stand firm in your faith, you will not stand at all. Let me say that again. If you do not stand firm in your faith, you will not stand at all. That's a word that was spoken to Isaiah's time, but it could have been spoken to Abraham's time. And certainly, it speaks to you and it speaks to me. Abraham, what happened? Well, I met this famine in the land. All of a sudden, there was nothing there to meet our needs. There was no food. There was no supplies. In verses 10 to 13, or I'll just read one of those verses. Now there was a famine in the land, and Abram went down to Egypt to live there for a while because of the famine. The famine was severe. Whenever you see in Scripture, it says they go down, it's usually a bad connotation. And then if it says they go down to Egypt, it's really bad. (laughs) Because Egypt, for the Israelites, often referred to a place of bondage. It reminded them again and again how they trusted in the Egyptian economy. Or their army. And God again and again would have said to the people, don't trust in Egypt, but trust in God. In fact, Isaiah the prophet talks about that as well. Uh, Isaiah says in Isaiah 31, 1, woe to those who go down to Egypt for help, who rely on horses, who trust in the multitude of their chariots, and in the great strength of their horsemen, but do not look to the Holy One of Israel, or seek help from the Lord. It took great faith to leave everything and to follow God, but it would take even greater faith to stay. Some people, they respond to the gospel call and they come and receive Christ. But when they are in the land, all of a sudden they experience the famine, the Canaanite It takes greater faith at times to stay than it does to leave. Abraham left and obeyed. He went into the land that God chose for him. But suddenly, he's running away. He's running down to Egypt. Maybe it's a a real difficult marriage. And it's not what you thought it would be. And the temptation is to run away. That job that you aspired to and wanted so much and put your resume in for, and suddenly you're there. And oh man, working with that boss is a trial. You felt like God gave you that job. But now you, you want to run. You didn't think college life would be like this. You're just ready to just say, this is it, I'm not going back. It's too much of a trial. It's easy sometimes to run, but run in the right direction. Abraham could have run to God, but he didn't. He ran to Egypt. He could have run to the altar that he had built when he first came into the land and fell on his knees and prayed, but he doesn't. It's a famine in the land. It's hard. You're married. And there's a famine in the marriage. He just doesn't meet your needs. Doesn't even know you're there. She's not fulfilling your desires. So you spend time in the chat room or in a late night on those sites that you shouldn't be visiting, porn sites. There's a famine in the marriage, and so you go to Egypt to have your needs met. You've been praying for a long time for the right person in your life. You've been asking God, God, send them my way. Hasn't shown up. You know it's not right to date the unsaved. Those that don't know Jesus Christ and don't have the same values that you have. But there's a famine in the land. The choice is yours. Will you trust the promise? Will you believe God? Will you look at the right side of the coin when it's flipped up and say, I'll believe, I'll trust, I'll do it his way? Or will you say, I'm going to do it my way? Look at Abraham. You wouldn't have thought he would have failed in this area of his life. This was his strength. We know him as a man of faith. But it's interesting when you study the scriptures. You'll note this. Oftentimes, where people are strongest at, they are most vulnerable. Yeah. Moses, in a moment of anger, loses his temper, yet the Bible calls him the meekest man who ever lived. Hmm. Peter is courageous. I'm willing to die with you, Lord. But you see him lose all of his courage and boldness, denying he ever knew the Lord. Solomon was the wisest man that ever lived. But look at the life he lived. It was filled with folly. It was marked by foolishness. Abraham, a great man of faith, unguarded strength is a double weakness. Unguarded strength is a double weakness. Maybe your prayer life got you where you were. Don't neglect it. Keep it up. Maybe it was your ability to just be patient. And you could hang in there. If God gave you that wonderful fruit of the Spirit and you've developed it in your life, keep on nurturing it. Maybe it was you knew and understood how much the Word of God would give you strength. And you spent time in that book. You loved those pages. Now, what was the strength? Well, I've memorized it in the past. I don't need to stay in every day. I could just quote it in my mind. Maybe it was your simple faith, you had a simple child, and all of a sudden, whatever it may be, nurture, develop, and guard the strength that you have. Now, I don't know the process that Abram went through. I don't know when it went on in his mind, but I'm sure something went on like this. You know, uh, I could come up with a good strategy. I know how to handle myself. I lived in the Earl of Chaldeas. I lived in Haran and now in the land of Canaan. I'm getting to be a little bit of a world traveler. Egypt? Ah, no problem. So he comes up with a strategy. Listen to it. Verses 11 to 13. As he was about to enter Egypt, he said to his wife Sarah, Sarai, I know what a beautiful woman you are. Now, she's 65 years old at this time. I don't know what type of cosmetics they had back then. Maybe it was oil of delay. I don't know. But anyway, you know, I'm not making it. You know, you can be old and beautiful. I'll get into trouble here. But nevertheless, there Abram is. And he's about to give this plot to his wife. He says, I know what a beautiful woman you are. When the Egyptians see you, they will say, this is his wife. Then they will kill me, but will let you live. Say you are my sister, so that I'll be treated well for your sake. My life will be spared because of you. Abraham thinks up a strategy. Notice it's man-centered and not God-centered. When you begin to walk by sight rather than faith, The thoughts that you have are generally generated from an unregenerate heart. They're generated from the philosophy of the world. And here Abram is thinking of a strategy, how he could get away with this. And he tells a half-truth because Sarai is his half-sister, as it were. We find that later in Genesis in the 20th chapter. But he stretches this half-truth to cover a huge lie. Beloved, when we begin walking by sight rather than by faith, we begin having to live lies. We begin having to cover up and stretch the truth and cover our tracks. You can rationalize your behavior in a lot of ways. We do it right in church. There's Brother Sam coming. He asked me to pray for him last week. I forgot. Oh, Lord, bless Sam. Hey, Sam, I've been praying for you. <laughs> we can rationalize all sorts of things, little things and big things. We, we do it again and again. Well, Lord, I, I, you know, I'll give that extra tax money. I, I know I should declare this. But, Lord, I'll give a, port- a part of that, that 10% out of that, to missions. How small great people can be, how weak strong men can be, and how bad good people can be. Our only strength and sustenance and help is in God. It's not in ourselves. Abram becomes Abram, the man of faith, because of his relationship to God. If it were not for God, he would have been in obscurity. We'd never be talking about him today. Stuart Briscoe, a pastor, a preacher, was doing a series in the book of Genesis. And one of the men in this church came up, and he was real excited about the series he was doing, and the man really had not been to church for years, and he said to Stuart Briscoe, um, I'm excited. I want to be involved in the church after my long time of absence, and the pastor said, why? He said, well, I love Genesis. Uh, he said, well, what do you love about Genesis? He said, yeah, I like the stories about all those guys like Abram and Jacob. They're worse than me, and it makes me feel good. Well, can you see in that picture? Look very carefully at it. Is a little bit of your journey there? Has a famine caused you to go to Egypt at times? Has your own mind rationalized going outside the will of God? Do you see some of his qualities in you? He could leave everything, but he couldn't trust everything with God. He could leave it all, but yet he didn't trust. See, when God is no longer the center of our lives, oftentimes it's self that's the center. And when you begin to live a life self-centered, you know what happens? Your life will go from bad to worse. Your life will go from bad to worse. Look at verses 14 and 16 in the scripture. When Abram came to Egypt, the Egyptians saw she was a very beautiful woman. And when Pharaoh's officials saw her, they praised her to Pharaoh. And she was taken into his palace. He treated Abram well for her sake. And Abram acquired sheep and cattle, male and female donkeys, men servants and maidservants and camels. Here Abram is... And things are going to go from bad to worse. When you step outside of God's will, and you begin making the plans for yourself, and you begin doing it your way instead of his ways, watch what happens. Slowly but steadily, it gets worse. Now, I I could just picture Abram, the great man of faith, in the land of Egypt, out of the will of God, out of the center of God's plan for his life. Have you ever been there? Notice in Egypt, we lose the victory and we become victims. Whenever you go into the world, you lose the victory and you become a victim. Uh, Life's going to get very complicated now for Abram. In 12, 14 to 16, it says this. When Abram came to Egypt, the Egyptians saw that she was a very beautiful woman. I could imagine this self-directed life is a life that's filled with confusion. A self-directed life leads to a wrong strategy for life. Sin makes life very hard complicated. He he had this plan. You know, when we go down there, I'm a good bargainer. Man, I'll get us negotiating. Don't worry. They'll think I'm your brother. They'll negotiate a dowry and it'll take a long time. And by the time we finish negotiations, we'll be off and back on our way to Canaan. It didn't happen that way. It didn't happen that way. Now, I had an unholy thought at this point. Abram and Sarah had a lo- problem having children. I wonder if it stemmed back to this. Maybe Sarah wasn't too comfortable with Abram after all the fiasco that she went through. I know it was more than that. But sin makes life very complicated. What is he going to do? She's in Pharaoh's house, that's his wife. She's a part of his harem now. Uh, He's supposed to be an example to all of those in his camp. Uh, What's happening? Sin does that to people. I still remember the phone call. I still remember the day Troy came into my office. His wife had left him. I said, Troy, what happened? He said she was going for counseling to a counselor who was an unbeliever. And he told her that she was to experience life. She was to do it her way. No thought about self-surrender. No thought about denial. No thought about her family. When she got involved with someone else, the marriage broke up. And I could still remember the horrible situation. She went from a beautiful woman with a wonderful family and a loving husband to living with one man after another man, and the last guy that she was living with was younger than her, and that guy wound up taking up with her daughter? What a confusing situation. Sin complicates life.
0: We're so glad you joined us again today as Dr. Ed Jones has been taking us through the life of Abraham. Have you found these messages encouraging, challenging, or faith-building? Would you like to share them with your friends? You can find copies of this series and many others from Pastor Ed online at buildinginfaithradio.com. While you're there, click on the Back to Home page link and check out the church behind the ministry of Building in Faith. Faith Assembly is located in Poughkeepsie, New York, and we'd love to see you at one of our weekend services. We meet on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. to learn more about what it means to be a Christ follower and to worship God together. This faith setting is a great place to get your questions answered and have deeper discussions in the Word and to build a support network of your brothers and sisters in Christ. You'll be able to find out more about the people and ministries of Faith Assembly by giving us a call at 845-462-5955. We pray continually for our listeners and love it when we get to hear from them. If you ever have any specific requests we can join you in praying for, please don't hesitate to call. Once again, that number is 845-462-5955. That's all we have time for today. But be sure to join us again next time as Dr. Ed Jones continues through the life of Abraham right here on Building in Faith. Your Word restores and